What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Miss Reps Podcast. My name's Kanal, and I love football again. And I'm here with Adam. How you doing, Adam? Hey, man, I'm good. Um, it was it was a good week for the Seahawks. A very good week for the Seahawks, which it was a very close game, might I add. But um, outside of the outside of football, I've been doing a lot. Uh, been watching a lot of gunpla videos, so that's a thing. <laughs> you were diving headfirst into this hobby. Uh, it's a you know, it's a it's a hobby where like two parts that you're kind of like satisfied or you find satisfaction with is the end result. And then of course, during the result, <laughs> you know, or not even during the result, but the journey. The, during the, yeah, during the process or the journey. So you have to find the satisfaction while doing that and the patience. So I have, and it's funny enough, I'm watching all these videos. I haven't even built mine yet. Cause I do want to make an Instagram channel or channel Instagram page maybe for it. And then I don't know, maybe make like a, Try to see how making reels for gunplas, and I'm trying to. I'm just looking into like a simple setup of doing it, um, kind of similar to how my fiance has one for her uh, her food Instagram. So, dude, food Instagrams kill. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because she she made um, she made some like poached pears before, and she did like a little like simple reel for it. I kid you not. Like in terms of just like setting it all up all within the Instagram app, not outside of it or anything like that. She made a reel and then she was just happy that a lot of people saw her, saw her reel and liked it and stuff like that. And I was just like, yeah, you, you have a talent, babe, just go and do that. <laughs> you know? So, and yeah, yeah, that's, that's been in on my end. How about you, man? Uh, it's been a good week. Uh, we got a little bit of snow up here in the Northwest, not enough to do anything fun, but enough to, to be a conversation starter. Uh, Watching football, you know, I couldn't say, I can't say I was as <laughs> depressed as I was last week because that was a bad loss last week. It was a good week this week. So I'm um, glad we came out with a win. But you know what? You know what? Let's just go right into Seahawks. Want to go? Yeah, might as well. Yeah. All right. Might let's well. talk. Let's talk. Uh, let's break it down first. Uh, uh, end result 27 23 Seahawks. Um, let's go piece by piece. What'd you see from the offense first? A. Um, a struggle for a while and then we picked it up enough to get the win and that just i guess and from an overall standpoint it just shows you never underestimate any low teams because this is still the nfl at the end of the day i don't care if a team is three and eight you know two and something because there was a lot of teams that were like at two and something and now they're like five or six and something now to the point where they have a playoff chance so that's what i'm saying never underestimate teams but uh yeah, Metcalf did really well. Had the game-winning touchdown over Ramsey. Dude, that was uh, that was Hollywood going back and forth, wasn't it? That was yeah, funny. Yeah, I still remember when he was just like, "Hey, Ramsey, come follow me on the other side. I'm running over here." <laughs> and then he was so happy to catch that football over there. That was it was really funny. Like you got you have to the rivalry of Metcalf and Ramsey is going to be a thing for a while unless the Rams can't keep Ramsey. But I doubt they're going to let him go. So you know. Metcalf ended up with, you know, eight receptions for 127 yards and a, and a tutty. And a, a nice little fun fact is that he had eight total targets. So he caught all of his targets and he was very efficient with said targets. I think that was the, the statistic was that that was his first game ever where he was 100% completion on targets. Yeah, I mean, it's not many. It's not many times you actually have, even as a, especially as a receiver in the NFL, having especially the like the yards and like the, the yards or excuse me all of like the um, the production that he did with those eight receptions that just 100%, you know, it's 100% catching all, you know, catching all of his, uh, all the targets thrown to him. 
but also just getting 127 yards and the game-winning touchdown, you would think he would have dropped that one, right? But DK said, I'm big man now. (laughs) (laughs) And then Lockett, of course, he also had a big game. I think this is one of those few games where they both had 100 yards because he had nine receptions for 128 yards and a touchdown. But like Lockett, oh my gosh, I just like the new role Lockett's in, and I want this to continue for a little bit for for this part of his career because he's not the throw the ball down, you know, throw the ball deep and he catches it, you know, as if in a, like he's catching it in a pillow or something like that with Russ. But Lockett's still, you know, the underrated elite receiver that everyone keeps overlooking. Shout out to Tyler Lockett for also hitting the uh, the usher. Uh, watch this <laughs> dance after his touchdown. Watch this. That was, that was funny. He hit <laughs> a was... record. He, he, this was his fifth consecutive game with a touchdown, tied the franchise record. If he scores a touchdown next week, it'll – He'll, uh, the new set record. The new record. Yeah. Yay. So that's really cool. I don't I was actually kind of looking at who it currently was, but when you actually try to dig in all the stats and stuff, it's not really like it's not something easy to find, is it? It's you can yeah, so you can find literally like a database with all of this stuff, but it's more of like you probably have to use some Python skills to find <laughs> a receiver that had a touchdown in five consecutive games or something like that, which that is a nice little project because I believe the data is open to the public because i remember seeing like a tweet where someone actually took the data and was like doing a lot of queries with it and stuff like that with python so i need to find like what database that was again because it's like like all the most of the data if not all of it was like available for you to like peruse through so yeah i'm I'm really glad for uh lockett really glad for metcalf um gino had also an amazing game in terms of his passing yards which both his his total uh total yards for the season which is a 31, 3,169 yards. Nice. Uh, <laughs> that's a career best as well as his 367 yards for the game. Almost nice, but not too nice. And then uh, one final point with Gino was that he reached 10,000 in passing yards. And he's the first player from the 2013 uh, QB draft class to get there. And uh, what QBs you, you might be wondering are from the 2013 draft class? Well, man. Let me tell you these very familiar names. EJ Manuel, uh, EJ Manuel, uh, who got picked first round 16th overall by the Buffalo Bills, if anyone remembers him. Uh, Mike Played Glennon. Florida State. <laughs> yeah, Florida, down yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing about, and then, of course, if anyone remembers any Buffalo history, EJ Manuel will get replaced by Tyrod Taylor in 2015. Uh, Mike Glennon, third round pick to uh, Tampa Bay. Matt Barkley. Uh, fourth round pick to Philly, and finally Landry Jones, fourth round pick, a, a later fourth round pick to the Steelers. And Gino, so, him, Gino himself was taken in the second round as well. So yes, if you were to, if you were, to, this was in 2013, like he said. So if you were to go back and like tell people, you know, I'm from the future and we draft quarterbacks with the top five picks, <laughs> they'd be like, what? <laughs> right. That's because it, it's funny because I think I've seen some people that are seeing Gino this uh, this season. They were just saying like, man, if Gino Besides the off-field issues, like we wish he didn't have the off-field issues, but if he actually got on a team that was offensively minded, because he was with Rex Ryan and the Giants, which was more of a defensive-minded head coach Matt, at the time. Matt Co- or Tom Coughlin, I think, at the time, right? Uh-uh. He was with uh, Rex Ryan. He got drafted by the Rex Ryan Oh, Jets. yeah. No, sorry. Jets. Yeah. And um, eventually he he gets his, he makes his way over to the Giants, but um, Besides the off-field issues, which we wish never happened, I feel like Gino could have had a different type of career. But at the very least, with him being a backup for seven years straight, at least he has like a fresh body compared to most other quarterbacks. 
Yeah, and he had the he had the uh, luxury of playing behind some pretty good players too. So I think he was behind Eli Manning for yep. for most of that year. Um, Eli and I think, Russ, and I believe he was behind. I think a third quarterback Phillip somewhere Rivers. else. Yes, Philip Rivers. And so I think um, you know he's got experience, and I think that's a, that's one thing that a lot of quarterbacks are having trouble with coming out of college right now is having that professional, um, that not professional, but that NFL um, playbook mindset where you're not necessarily run and gunning. Sometimes you're going to have to pick teams apart and that kind of thing. Yep, and, yep. Um, you know, he he benefited from not having to take NFL hits for a long time while he was while he was learning that process. Just think of being like a player like Justin Fields or Tua getting hit. Well, no, Tua just had those, you know, the concussions. But Justin, just, Justin Fields was in the beginning of the season getting hit like in many different ways. Yeah. And for like the first half of the season, it was crazy. Herbert's get Herbert's playing with some hairline fractures in his ribs or something like that too, ain't he? Yeah, it, he was. actually he that was funny because he got the rib injury during the Chiefs game. Got up and said, "Nah, let me finish this drive real quick." Threw a touchdown on that drive. They still lost, but he was a tough son of a gun for that game. Then he yeah. said, "You know what? Why take a break? Let me just come back next week." Yeah, and. um you know, hopefully he they they get him uh, some protection that he needs because <laughs> taking those kind of hits that's what derailed Andrew Luck's career. Um, Very true. Very true. The, the headline for our offense from this week was the uh, the running game situation. So we came in with uh, three running backs, two really, and Kenneth Walker, DJ Dallas, uh, both got injured. So and Tony Buck, Jones Jr. He was three. Yeah, yeah. Two the the Tony Jones Jr. Was the mm-hmm. the third the, the practice squad player that elevated my um um what's because Travis because Travis, Travis Travis Homer yeah I was trying to yeah, remember his he name. was because he was already out he was inactive for the game already right he had a knee injury and I think he was dealing with illness but the the both Kenneth Walker and DJ Dallas went down with um, ankle injury and a foot injury respectively um, side note fuck the SoFi field Tony Jones Jr came in performed best as he could. Um, the one I think the one play that'll stick out for everyone was the was the play where Bobby Wagner got a pick off of him, but that's Bobby Wagner being Bobby Wagner. Yeah, you can't fault Tony Jones because I still remember that play coming in, and like all I remember is like, oh hey, look, Tony Jones is about to go get the ball, and then you just see forty five Bobby <laughs> Wagner screaming, and it's just like, let me get that ball real quick, sir. But I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm looking at that film, and Tony Jones was down. I don't care what anyone says. His knee was so down, too. and he still had the ball in his hands. Then it got then taken it got out. Taken out. Yeah. yeah, that's what that's what I thought as well. But um, it wasn't it wasn't uh, or it was ruled an interception, and it stood, or was it ruled? It stood. In, they stood. Yeah. yeah so that's so, so um, didn't overturn it. But uh, one thing that we should talk about, though, what do you think about the the run blocking situation on offense? I think um, that's that's a point of um is that a point of concern you know what, what what do you think is going on there i mean they pretty much just like if i remember correctly from the game they were pretty much just like stacking the box um the seahawks brought the 13 personnel form like the personnel again your favorite formation i love that formation <laughs> right and we actually were it's really nice to see all three of our good tight ends out there catching up you know a ball here and there i think noah fan had a had a touchdown that game too his second of the season I really wish like we can get Noah Fant more, but I mean, there's targets everywhere. Like Gino's targeting everybody. So it's not like against Noah Fant himself, but it's nice that we have, again, that we have tight ends that can block and catch. 
And we were doing pretty good with the 13 formation, the 13 personnel formation. But uh, yeah, I think it was just because like it was just game planning. I personally like with the Rams. Granted, they don't have Aaron. Don- they didn't have Aaron Donald this game. But uh, it's more of like you, we play you twice in a, in a season. Like we know what you did last time. We're just going to and basically they were fighting. You cannot, you know, if you still remember like during the game, like Bobby Wagner had like a whole pep talk with the team and they were going and hey, they were fighting. That that defense was fighting. The offense wasn't um as good. Cam Akers was good if you started him in fantasy, but yeah, I think uh run defense could or the run blocking could be a bit better, but at the same time, with how Geno played in the passing game, it's like I was I was waiting for when the when the offense was gonna roll because I was just like I guess we're gonna switch to a passing game. I remember saying that uh, to myself, and I was like, oh hey, we're passing. Hey, there's DK. Hey, there's Lockett. And you know, yeah. uh, Marquise Goodwin and stuff like that was mixed in as well. Which did you know that he came in the same season as Geno? Did you really he got drafted? He got drafted the same season as Geno. I just yeah, when I was looking up the 2013 QB class, I saw Marquise Goodwin. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, Gino was a big winner in this game, not because of obviously just the win, but you know there's a narrative that's going around. But um, feels like a, whenever a guy co- comes out of nowhere like Gino did, they're always looking for reasons to try to bring him down. And one of the the reasons was you know he hasn't had to lead his team on a fourth quarter comeback type of thing. And late in the game, Seahawks go down. Gino marches down the field. I think with like I think what was it like seventy five? It was a seven, It was a ten play seventy five yard um, drive that with, ended and it with took the and, and the, the clock management on that on that drive was pretty perfect. You know they basically ran their two minute offense a little bit more than two minute offense didn't leave much time on the clock for Rams so affected the Rams play calling leading up to the the their final drive which Cody Barton got the which ended which Cody Barton ended with a pick but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's another feather in Geno's cap, and what will hopefully end with a at least a comeback player of the year trophy. Oh yeah, I mean, especially with the game. Like, granted, I know people are gonna be like, "Well, it was the Rams without all of their players," but I'm like, man, a win is a win. You gotta take your wins where you, wherever yeah, you can get them. We talk about it every week, right? These divisional games are weird. You know, you never know what's gonna come out of them. Facts, facts. Yeah. So, want to want to talk defense? Yeah. Yeah. Um... I mean, defense was a bend, don't break at the very least. Like we gave up some yards in the, in the run. I think a total, it was only a total of like 171 yards rushing. So maybe we can work to get that like towards a hundred or lower. That'd be really great. Cause they actually put some stats on the field when teams ran the ball for a hundred plus yards, their win percentage were against us were, were up, which technically very true when you're rushing the ball, cause you're taking out the time and you're scoring and all that type of stuff. So it's it's a it's a it's a funny flip from last season, right? Because last season we didn't have a secondary really besides you know Quandre, so you know we could sell out for the run, but you know they could all they could pass on us all day long. It feels yeah. like feels but like, like it's mean, really the passing. It was weird because like when you really look at the the passing stats, right? It's because we we had to take a peek at it um, before the podcast too. Again, that thing says 171. You know, before we even get into the four sacks for 30 yards loss. And like the actual total is really 148 or not 178, and it's actually 148 when you include the sacks. So like the net total yards. So you're telling me the passing game they only had 148 yards passing, two inter- and there was two interceptions. Uh, Tariq Woolen, the you know like at this point I don't know what else. To, like some people are calling him the Shadow and stuff like that. I saw some of those nicknames, but uh, again, Tariq Woolen is like a, he's a rookie that right now he has he's tied for the franchise record for most interceptions by a rookie at six. 
So I think he's uh, tied for lead in the NFL too with six picks, isn't he? Yes, yes, he is. And I think um, uh, what uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He plays on Eagles. He was lead. He had six as well. Actually, just let got me injured. check the, let me check the interception leader James real Bradbury. quick. It might be Brad. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but um, it wasn't Bradbury. It was um. Let me see here because uh, that is a good question. He's tied with uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Yeah, Gardner-Johnson. But Gardner-Johnson, I think, tore something in his knee. Or he had like a pretty significant injury, right? I think he's out for a long period of time. Yeah, I think so. He's a free safety, too. Yeah, he's part so, of that blanket for them. So if you really just include corners only, then Tariq Woolen would be leading it. Yeah. But yeah, that's but, the Eagles' safety. And he is, yeah, and he, he's the one that's out indefinitely with the, the lacerated kidding, like you said, so... Oh yeah, I remember it was like a weird injury. <laughs> yeah, the lacerated kidneys. lacerated kidney, which means just like the thing got uh, the thing got torn up. So um, yeah, lacerated kidneys. Anywho, um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, actually I, th- I don't think oh, in terms of interception touchdowns, yeah, there's a lot of people that just have one interception touchdowns, but having six interceptions and one interception touch uh, touchdown though, that's pretty good. Yeah, so. um, you, you mentioned that the, the defense was bend, don't break, and that's pretty good um, uh, description mm-hmm. of them leading, especially leading into the fourth quarter because um, the defense well, just, oh, they they got better in the fourth quarter, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> yeah, they they uh, they had some good possessions. I think the fourth quarter is when um, Rams also scored, but you know they they came up when it counted in that final drive, and at the end of the day, you're just looking at the win loss column anyway, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, granted, I think our defense as it is right now, it's more of just we need to get a good schematic for the players that we have. Um, there's not much else you can do with this defense unless you're just going to come in and um, what was it? Unless you're going to come in and change up like the whole formations and how you run your defense and stuff. Because, you know, Clint Hurt had a job, pretty much had a job for him this season. And, you know, where we currently are at uh, seven and five. I mean, hey, it, if I led that defense, it'd probably be like, you know, we'd be zero, which is no wins or whatever, because what is defense right now? So um, I think we just need to get more personnel geared for this defense. And I think we'll see a huge improvement, plus kind of like push out some of the old and with the new. Um, I don't think we're going to get rid of Diggs. Diggs has been solid. I don't I don't front him for anything right now. But uh, yeah, in terms of but those fourth quarter stops. Oh, I had to write that down like the day of that game because those fourth quarter stops were definitely needed. If we did not have those, we would have lost the game. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Al Woods, by the way. Yeah, and uh, Darrell Taylor got a, a big sack that kind of just completely derailed that last position, possession for... Yeah, um, that was awesome. Right. So it's good to awesome. see him getting a sack because he kind of, he's kind of been kind of falling in and out of favor with the team, um, probably as he's getting acclimated back from injury and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. but it's good it's always good for it's good for home run hitters like um to get that home run for for your confidence and that kind of thing you know he'll come back in the next game and be like, just as amped facts because um um i think it's just mostly yeah like you said he's just getting acclimated from like the injury but even before he was like he was he was showing improvement compared to where he was last year and the year before so you know like i said we have young edge players they're not like edge players that you just plug and play and they're good to go, right? It's not like yeah. one of those like high tier edge players, but they're actually learning that position and then they they're executing now when we need them to. Yeah. And, oh, shout out to Cody Barton again for getting another interception, but this one's this is the one that sealed the game 
off yeah, of an that on was ball weird, that was thrown a weird off pick. of Wolfer. Uh, Wolfer, he threw the ball very like he underthrew the ball heavily, significantly, significantly. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll use that. There was word. no one within, I think, like ten yards of Cody Barton. It was straight to Cody Barton. He was like, "Oh, for me, sure." <laughs> Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> right. Merry Christmas to me. Well, I, I think Wolford was dealing with um, like a shoulder issue. Like there were a couple times he went in the medical tent and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. And um, I mean, we might as well just talk. Well, we'll we'll get into it like overall uh, when we get to the overall section for this game, because they definitely brought in a new quarterback. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, the rushing game for the defense was still again, I, I said it before, like Cam Akers had. 17 for 60 yards, two touchdowns, and they had 171 total again. But it's still getting us. Um, I think we can still improve on the run defense, but I think we just, again, we need some new D-line, like people on the D-line again. But we, again, those fourth quarter stops, though, thank you. Just don't wait till the fourth quarter to start playing offensively, too, because offense, we were kind of slow for a while. Yeah, and like you you say, too, you know, we're running primarily a 3-4 style defense now with Mm -hmm. – some hybrid hybrid roles on the edge and that kind of yeah. thing but you need to have that foundation in the center center of that line just to just for everything else to um to work and you also need a, a solid tandem of linebackers behind them um yep. we got Jordan Our woods Bucks. is good Our woods is good too by the way it's just that like he can only do so much from yeah the he's only one, position. one player it's it, one player can only do so much just like you know jordan brooks has he got his first sack of the season but he oh, can't, right. and you know Cody Barton has been improving on the year, but that was you know, a quick sack too by Jordan. Did you see how he just came around the line? Just it, said, was, oh, it looked hey, like a design dude. blitz, which is it which was. is great to see because they oh. used to run that kind of play with Bobby Wagner all the time. He had a few sacks with, uh, last year with us, um, running that kind of a mm-hmm. right kind of a, that kind of a package. But yeah, getting that solid foundation in the center of that um, defensive line and linebacking core is going to be pretty crucial moving forward. If if I were to put a priority in terms of what we need to draft that's interior linemen and interior defensive linemen linebackers that kind of thing yeah Those linebacker the, we just need yeah i need another interior like we basically need a linebacker to pair with jordan brooks and then of course maybe go get another edge player like to put into the rotation that's what i would think would but, you go edge or would you go defensive tackle I would go defensive line. I think it's it, with a pick as high as number three. Well, if we're at number, well, currently our pick is at number three. Again, I said I would love to get a quarterback and put, you know, have him be behind Geno. But my other one was just go get that D tackle from Georgia. If, yeah. Since we're that high. Or, yeah, D tackle from Georgia because we need fresh blood on the D line because again, no time, is old. There's no time better than when you have a guy like Al Woods on the defense because that, Al, that, veteran presence and you know that's the reason why um that can make or break someone's career having that that uh, mentor figure yeah um, Dwayne Brown was that like that a lot for offensive linemen wherever he, everywhere he's been you know he's doing the same thing over at the Jets and he's probably like 38 now or something like you know he's yeah, getting really, yeah. he's getting really up there but you know those, those type of characters you need them so the best time to bring in young talent is right now while we have those characters right and you can always rotate them in obviously you're going to put him in or maybe even put him right beside Al Woods in certain packages and stuff. But um, cause I know we have a package where we, we go like somewhat of a four, three. So that'll be nice. Especially if we get a D tackle edge wise, I would say wait until either w- see what we have at pick number 20 to see if we pick up either another edge, which I highly doubt there's going to be someone at 20 with edge. It's going to more than likely, maybe that this is a very high pick for a linebacker. 
um, if not our high second round pick from the Broncos. Yeah, that's, that's how second I, round, I basically want to just influx, like just infuse the defense with so much talent. That's what we need right now because offense, besides when they go cold, like we offense has pieces. You can go and get like a wide receiver, another wide receiver to like look at late in the rounds, like the Seahawks have always been doing. But man, defense it needs talent. Yeah, that's a that's a cry. The front for seven, front seven needs talent specifically. DBs, we got enough young DBs. The fact that we had to let Sidney Jones go <laughs> shows a lot. Mike, uh, Michael Jackson and Trey Brown were doing more of a rotation this time around. It looked like, and yeah. to some amount of success, I think Mike Michael Jackson was uh, struggling a little bit. But um, uh, it's, Trey it's Brown, one of was... those, it's one of those things where you either have a, a left, is it left corner, uh, left cornerback, I believe that yeah. they're that he's playing, yeah. You either have a left cornerback or you don't have a left cornerback, right? It's like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to need them to choose between Trey Brown. Uh, no, wait, not Trey Brown. No, it is Trey Brown, right? That's uh, yeah. going for that role because who's a uh, because Kobe Bryant is our slot for sure going forward, right? Yeah, he's our nickel. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, you, you either you, are you going to go Trey Brown or you're not going to go Trey Brown. Let let me know because I, I don't like the rotation. I mean, the Seahawks know? used like a third round pick on him two years ago, I think so. They're hoping they, they must have seen something in him. I think, and plus, if you're playing on that side of the field, you're going to get a lot of attention anyway because you're playing opposite of Tariq Woolen, who's pretty much just shutting down his side of the field. He's, I holding, think. That, he's holding that spot down. I know if like Tariq Woolen, you know, knock on wood, were to go down or anything like that, then you'll see, you know, Michael Jackson and uh, Trey Brown together in that instance but like yeah. right now it's just, it's just iffy with the if this was Madden, i would let michael jackson like trade michael jackson for a pick let trey brown get in that role and then just develop but this isn't madden right yeah. so Tariq woolen had like a really good play i forgot uh where he was beat like by like three yards and then uh walter threw up a pass and he just made up the yards and got a, a pass he is fast man like yeah. he is like richard sherman 2.0 <laughs> faster but faster. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. So like, it's, they, they, it's they crazy. Both played wide receiver. Both converted a corner. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, pretty much at this point, since we're done with like the defense, there's not much else to say on the defense. Like overall, our Broncos pick is at three. I don't think it can get any higher than three. Uh, our other pick is at 20. It'll probably go lower and lower as, you know, we either keep winning or whatever have you. So, and then finally, uh, because of that bad QB play by the Rams, because it kind of shows you, like, if they had, a, like, a decent... I don't I don't know. I can't say Wolfer was bad. But at the same time, like, with only having a total of... A, a net total of 148 yards passing, then... Or uh, even if you want to just say 171, technically, then it's not too good, so... Rams are basically just playing for pride at this point. I don't think there's any chance for them to get in the playoffs. There's, what, five games left in the season. They already have... I think they are already guaranteed a losing record. What are they, 3-9? and nine? Yeah, they're 3-9 and nine right now. Yeah, so they guaranteed a losing record off of uh, winning a Super Bowl. So I don't think there's a, a chance for them to get in the Detroit, playoffs. Detroit is loving that they're losing, though, because their pick is number four. Oh, yeah. We so got, Detroit, oh, my God. Yeah, wow. it's, it's, ain't that fun? There, there, was a, there was a stat that or someone, I think Field Yates tweeted out mm-hmm. that three of the top five picks are, <laughs> are trades. Are, are, are traded picks because the the Saints pick after they lost to the Bucks yep. is back at five now for the three Eagles. four and five three yeah. is the is our, is the Denver's old pick four is Rams old pick to Detroit of course three is to us and then five is the New Orleans old pick to Philadelphia and Philadelphia oh my god because Philadelphia is literally like Super Bowl esque right now unless they just happen to do a surprise loss in the uh, the Super Bowl but man like can you 
can you can you just picture having like a eleven and one season, and you have a top five pick? Yeah. Well, don't have to imagine it because <laughs> it's there. I mean, they they I if I were them, either take someone really good at number five, or honestly, you're more than likely going to trade down for to like make good on that pick, like for future years, if not for that particular draft. Yeah, for sure. We got anyway. uh, we got Carolina up next week. Uh, what do we think? I'm not too worried. Okay, actually, no, Carolina. Um, they have Dante Foreman, I believe, as their running back right now. We need to stop the run. If we can't stop the run, it's it, I don't it's gonna care. Be a long day. It's going to be a long day. That's all I got to say. Stop the run. I'm not too worried about their pass games. I feel like passing game, we can do something. Granted, if you keep throwing the ball over and over, something's going to stick in general, unless you're just a bad quarterback. But that run game, if we can't stop the run, it's we can that potentially the, lose that game. That and the uh, the DJ Moore factor that's out there because he has a chance to make us look really silly too. Basically, like they're I know they're going to try to throw the ball a lot to him. And honestly speaking, like Carolina Panthers aren't well, they were they you know they were um, up there like they were part of that those set of teams, especially in the um, where are they at NFC uh, South, right? That's yeah. where they are. Yeah, especially in the NFC South, they had a, they, like they all have a chance to like. Well, the Bucks got that win, but they all had a chance to like be the leaders in the NFC South. So at the same time, I'm not going to look down on them. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, uh, I am tentatively cautious, or you know, <laughs> not or too op- tentatively worried. optimistic. But yeah, um, you know, we'll 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 get a sense of how the game is going to go after we see the first few drives. Defensively, I'm not too familiar with where Carolina is defensively, but. It's one of those things where if your offense is is uh, not working if, or not efficient, uh, speaking of Carolina, if they're yeah. not efficient, their defense is going to be on the field for a long time. Eventually, those those um, openings will come up. So um, it'll it'll be interesting. But you know, <laughs> like every week, we got Seahawks winning this one this week, don't we? Yeah, I'm always gonna say Seahawks. Even in this one, I'm gonna say Seahawks. But it's it's basically like it's a game. I can't say it for the Rams. I could not say it for the Rams. But in this game, it's our game to lose a little bit. So. There's no, there's really no room to lose at this point, right? Because we we're can. hanging on to that wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> commies came out of nowhere, so they're um, they are a force to be reckoned with. I think they're. Before this week, they were six and one six since week six or something like that. Something crazy yeah. like that. And I think they that's right. Seven when... five and well, they had that tie, so they're seven five and one. They had the tie with the Giants, which um, I know with the I thought. Well, I'm looking on I'm looking on like NFL, so the playoff portion for us, right? We have mm-hmm. that. It it's weird. Hang on a minute, because they said because on the, you know on TV they were saying like here's what the playoffs looks like because it wasn't the Washington commanders weren't in there at first i forgot who had that other spot it was a, uh, it was weird but yeah so right now it says giants um i know one of them fell out i think the uh, the commanders fell out of the wild card um mock but i guess with the latest sets of wins and stuff oh i guess with bucks win it or something like that it pushed them up so i guess the wild card spots is giants seahawks and then the uh, commanders so uh I don't know. We can't. We can't lose, and we we could technically take. We have a chance to still take the NFC West. We have to literally win out, and then beat the 49ers. Yeah. So and 49ers are dealing with their own problems. That's a good segue, actually. You want to go? You want to go right into around the league? 
around the league. Yeah. So let's <laughs> let's talk about what those uh because we have a lot of uh, quarterback issues that happened um in these uh, past set of games. So uh yeah, let's get right into it. So quarterback problems yeah. are kind of uh, rampant in the NFC West right now. So like mm-hmm. we were talking about, 49ers, they have to do without Jimmy G. He broke his foot, um, slated to be back in seven to eight weeks, which would literally be like probably like earliest as NFC Championship. I think that he could be back. It's hard coming back from a broken foot, but um, what do you think? Um, what do you think is on the line for them? Because who had a broken foot? The last time someone had a broken foot and they came back in playoffs was Derrick Henry, and he didn't look the same when he was no. running with the when he oh, had. I remember the ball that he had like metal. He had like metal thing or what do you call it? Bolts in his foot or something like that. Yeah. Right? So he he came back literally on like their first or I think it was their first playoff game because they were just like, "Yo, we, if you ain't out there." we need your ass or something like that kind of like yeah. we're, we're gonna lose and he didn't really look they still lost but he did not look the same because of course you haven't practiced um you've been doing a lot of rehab for that foot and it can only do so much so in the case of like you know jimmy himself they definitely said season ending surgery but now it's like oh he can be back in 78 weeks let's just look if it's a if it looks like a duck quacks like a duck it's a duck <laughs> They yeah. got they had Brock Purdy come in, rookie from Iowa State, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick of the draft this year. Mm-hmm. Came in, went twenty five for thirty seven, which I'm surprised they made him throw the ball around that much. But I think with the scheme that they run, it's a lot of like short intermediate throws. So when you got guys like Debo Samuel and CMC, two hundred and ten yards and two touchdowns with one interception from Mr. Irrelevant, take that it. says a lot. Take it, yeah, <laughs> they're probably okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know they they signed. Um, they definitely signed Josh uh, Josh Johnson from the Broncos. And let's know, did Josh Johnson go somewhere else, or was it still the 49ers? No, Josh Johnson's on. He 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 was signed from the Broncos practice squad, but I think Josh Johnson's been on like fourteen teams in like you know four years or something yeah, ridiculous. This will be his fourth. Time. Yeah, this will be his fourth stint with the 49ers in this case. And they oh, that's what I saw. I just saw that they gave him a one year deal. Um, so they got that signed for him, and uh, yeah. Like Brock Purdy, it's it's weird because when do you see a Mister? Because there's a, I've I've actually even watched some YouTube videos on like what happened to the last like seven or so Mister Irrelevant, and who knew a Mister Irrelevant now became a starter and helped helped them win a game against know? the Dolphins, no less. Yeah, against the Dolphins and that defense, right? He he was pretty solid. I mean, again, Kyle Shanahan in that offense. I mean, he probably said, "Oh, well, you know what? I got you. Don't worry. We got, all, we got, I got plays for you, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it uh, kind of says something where if uh, where he can come in and replace Jimmy G, and they don't even skip a beat, right? And so, it, I mean, once with once uh, once teams get a little bit of film on him in these coming week or two, then you know it'll be a true test to see um, what what Niners have with Brock Purdy, but. They're gonna ride him out until you know until he can't <laughs> until he can't deliver anymore. Um, Basically, um, I don't think they signed. Yeah, they only just signed Josh Johnson, but I would just roll with Brock Purdy just to see what you got because I don't even trust Josh Johnson. Yeah, if he's be been he's been around he's been around the league a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Rams. Yeah, who else is who else got uh, some trouble? Rams got some trouble, and so <laughs> they John Wolford, like we were we were talking about, he's dealing with a little bit of injuries. Rams go out. They sign uh, Baker Mayfield. What they they signed who? Baker. 
Bake Mayfield, the same <laughs> one, the progressive like commercial baker. <laughs> yeah, the uh, oh man, the the, the uh, what do you call it? The fever dream of Skip Bayless. <laughs> yeah, um, and I know so Baker got picked up, so he he was um um he was waived by Carolina, and Rams picked him up on waivers. So if the 49ers wanted Baker, they were probably lower on the the waiver list. When it yeah, happened. I, I imagine that's the only reason that they didn't and they didn't take him because, you know, we're we we're going into week fourteen of the season. You're not going to try to find a guy that has potential, or you know, your your criteria for quarterbacks is a little different when you're getting to this stretch of the season where you're just trying to find guys yeah. that you can just plug and play in. Baker, but Baker already knew this going into the season that like, yeah, I'm leaving the Browns. I'm on the the Panthers, but I know there was like a, a deluge of quarterbacks on the, the Carolina Panthers. Right. So mm-hmm. now you know that there's teams out there that are still looking for quarterbacks, but now they definitely need, he was, def- I know like part of his team was telling him like, you definitely got to wait till that second half of the season when like you got some quarterback that are potentially out or something like that. Right. So Baker, if there's one guy, if there's yeah. one guy that's happy that Baker didn't end up on the 49ers, it's probably CMC. Right, <laughs> he's like not this shit again. <laughs> not, not him, because well, when you think about it, I think the Rams. Let's just be honest here, because they only had to pay Baker like a one point three or one point four million um, when they bring him in. But I think this is a little. I won't. I, I'm not going to say it's like a heavy steal, but it's a little bit of a steal for the Rams to pick up Baker, knowing that they don't have a lot of like you know top picks coming up in this draft. It's it's a situation where you know they're basically it's like an audition, right? Because like we were saying, his season's pretty much done. They're just playing for pride right now because mm-hmm. they ain't got their first round pick. So their pick is going the line. So they're not going to, they're not going to be picking until late, you know, or early second round. And Fast. so they're, you know, they're thinking, you know, with Matt Stafford's injury issues, you know, those things are starting to pile up. I think he's out. I think they've, they, did, they officially ruled him out for the season, right? With a neck injury. Mm, um, I think it, I think so. I think so. Yeah, and um, so when you're dealing with a neck injury, you know, neck injuries and Cam Chancellor and Cliff Averill's career. So, But they play a little bit different than Matt Stafford does. But it's one of those things where he might be, you know, he might not be able to, you know, suit up come next season. So they, they need to find a, a replacement. And you got an NFL quarterback that's already had, you know, starting experience. So they're probably just going to give him a shot, see what he can deliver because – They've probably seen enough of John Wolford, and if they'd seen enough in Bryce Perkins, the the backup, but for Wolford, he I think he actually came in for a play or two when he uh, against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Um, if they mm-hmm. would have seen something from him, then John Wolford would be uh, demoted to the bench. It's one of those situations, so they probably don't have a lot of confidence going going with those two guys. So they're I mean, probably gonna at, at this point, if you had a rookie or, you know, a very young player, you might as well play them like with the, the record that you have just to see what you have in mind. Yeah. But because Baker, Baker comes in waivers, don't get me wrong. And you're like next on the list. It's like Baker Mayfield. We could do something with him. Something. Can, can, can he play running back? We need one of those. <laughs> right. But yeah, we can, you can like, especially if you keep it, like start simple with Baker Mayfield and then give into his, like, you know, work into his strengths. He can be, he could be a competent quarterback. It's just that like with all of the, like with all of the mayhem of moving around different offensive coordinator, different head coach, whether those head coaches wanted him or not, you know, I think he just needs a little bit of stability. He might, he, I say he has the potential to have a chance to do something with the Rams, but it's up to him. Yeah. And I think if, if Sean McVay can make Jared Goff look great, 
then you know he can he can find something that'll work for Baker Mayfield moving forward. That's at least serviceable. Maybe it'll get them out of the the pit that they're in with their with their draft situation for one right. more season. Right. Uh, let them build out the fa- the rest of the team, and then come the following season, you know, go for that home run guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anybody was there any? I don't think there was any other QB issues besides like Deshaun Watson coming back and. Lamar you know, Jackson's knee is hurt, so that's oh, another that's, true. that's yeah. another thing to keep an eye on. Because uh, I think Brett Huntley came in was was uh, serviceable. He didn't do anything spectacular, but you know Broncos defense is still pretty good even without. He Brett led with that touch, and like the thing is, like with their you know with the backup for the Rams, or not Rams, the Ravens, they needed basically like a quarterback that has like the same skill set as Lamar, and I think they have that. So I think they can always just do like a good like, hey, we can plug someone in. Not saying that's that's not to his, not nothing against him because I'm definitely with all success for all my black quarterbacks out there. So I'm glad they actually got like they scored a touchdown when they did. Else it was just like a, again, it's part of the, especially uh the one dude's channel. He says I'm not making this up. It's the new 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 <laughs> new 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 worst game and I'm just like, man. What's it called? That's good. I think is I think That's good sports. Name. There we go. That's, That's good sports. Good sports. Yeah. So, I'm going to put respect on his name and he's a Broncos fan, so uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was Hurts. it's uh I think uh there was no I think I don't think Russ had a passing touchdown in that game, so I think it's a, another week where he has fewer touchdowns than bathrooms in his house. I think he still Facts. has what seven passing touchdowns on the season. Facts. Right? I think Again, Carson. If, I think it was since like September or something like that. That the, like the the truth of that fact still stands. Like if you had sex more than like nine times in the past three or four months, you you were winning more than Russell Wilson. Yeah. The uh, the funniest one for me oh. was when I, I I saw that you know Carson Wentz has more passing touchdowns than Russ this season, and Carson Wentz hasn't played since like week four. That. I did not know no, that. Maybe it was that week is, six. I think it was either week way, six. Either way, like Russell Wilson's stats as a, you know, in his career, this is his worst season by yeah, far. Yeah, by far. And, you know, it's just it's just one of those things where it's kind of broken. From yeah, I'm praying for the man. I, I would love for them to come through. Just like, you know, do what you need to do this season. You know, do what you got to do this season. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on. One thing we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but I want to I wanted to let you give your moment of, of respect. Um, how good has Christian Watson been this season? Oh, now, wait, wait. First, tell me, is he on your fantasy team? Usually, you start off with. Plus, I have him in fantasy. <laughs> I do have him in fantasy. Do I didn't actually... start him. I didn't start him because I started Jalen. So on ES, my ESPN fantasy team, I have him on the bench, and I started Jalen Waddle because Jalen Waddle. But then Waddle got injured. Um, in the last game so he only gave Waddle only gave me like a point and some change and then Christian Watson was just uh sitting on my on my bench with like 20 plus points and I thought I was gonna lose because the the Saints and Bucks game uh my opponent had two players he uh he had Chris Olave which I was more scared of than um Alvin Kamara running the uh Alvin Kamara he had Alvin Kamara and, and uh Chris Olave so and I'm so glad that they were facing the Bucks because the Bucks have a, like a good run defense and stuff like that. So I ended up winning by like four or five points. So it's still good. But yeah, I have Christian Watson on the. I do have Christian Watson on my fantasy team. Um, there's a lot of players in that one because it's a ten player league. So <laughs> it, it stands to reason. Everybody's but, stacked. <laughs> yeah, but like in the past, in the span of four games, this man has eight touchdowns in four in the past four. Like one of those, like one of those games, he had three, and. The, in, in in at least uh, excuse me there's 
the only other rookies to have at least like what seven touchdowns and at least seven touchdowns in the in their four games was Randy Moss and Odell Beckham Jr. That's some good so, company to be in. Right. And then Christian and then Christian Watson's in like his own lane with eight touchdowns in those four games, right? So <laughs> something something happened between him and Aaron Rodgers and they're just like, oh wow, you're just catch the ball, man. Just look they, they, they went on an ayahuasca the they went on an ayahuasca trip together and now they're all they're they're mind melded with each other. <laughs> they're they are one now and i'm not gonna lie to you i was actually curious about that too i wouldn't go too deep into it, but i just want i think there's a restaurant that actually like literally caters to like having it in their food and stuff like that so that's something but um is that legal it's legal it's oh. uh it is illegal it is i actually looked it up it is actually a legal thing it's um i think it's it comes from it's shrooms i believe like legal shrooms essentially because uh, it comes from a mushroom if i remember when i was looking this up so uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong because I did like a little bit. This is when like Aaron Rodgers brought it up like earlier this season, if not if it was last season when he brought it up. So yeah, it was definitely last season he brought that up. So I remember looking into it. And there's a whole restaurant in the Dallas, somewhere in Dallas that actually, or in the DFW area here that um, actually like caters to that. So I was like, oh, that's that's weird. Yeah, cool. I didn't <laughs> yeah. know we had that out here. So anyhow. Um, All I'm saying here is that it's a plant-based psychedelic. So yeah, could be. Yeah, but, it's, um, it, it hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been like there's no laws put around it as of right now. So and you actually will see a lot of um, not just Aaron Rodgers, but like a lot of players, even p- players that were in the NFL. And now I think I forgot who, what court, who, which quarterback it was, but he's in Colorado and he has like his own cannabis um, company. And it's not just cannabis. He does. I got I'll, I'll, I'll definitely um, get that video for you to look at and I'll let you all know in the next uh, episode but it's that de- he definitely like his post career gronk has done to that too yeah I, gronk, I know gronk is heavily invested in like a cbd company or, or yeah because that's all starting to become legalized finally but uh and then the uh, that other quarterback i was talking about he literally because like i think he had some issues with his like his body and stuff like that and when he started getting so it's like shrooms psychedelics whatever you can think of legal ones obviously and he has a whole company based around it i think it it, it went down a little bit bad during covid but He's bouncing back. I forgot his name, but I'll uh, I'll get that out for everyone to know because uh, I think uh, one of my favorite YouTubers um, did a story on like what happened to him post you know NFL and stuff like that. So um, Christian Watson, you were having a grand like I want to know like what's what else is going to happen for the Green Bay Packers in terms of Christian Watson because other, other than that they ain't going to the playoffs. Yeah, because so. I think so. Um, NFC North situation. I I think I saw that if Minnesota wins this week, they clinch the NFC North. And with that, I don't think I don't think uh, there's enough ground. Or there's Packers too much are, ground. Packers there's are five m- and eight. They can only fight if they if they win out the rest of the season. They can only fight for a wild card spot at most. And I'm just now seeing it right now. It just I literally just watched the page. It updated. So your your top three wild card teams is the Cowboys. Um, yeah, is the Cowboys, the Giants, and Seattle Seahawks. We're at the bottom. Yeah, because commie or. Uh, and with commies nipping on our tails as well. Commies and Giants tied. That's the reason why it gave us the weight in. So they tied up while we won our game. So they either tied or lost and we got in. So now we just got to keep winning out because um, basically we're trying to beat the Giants by record. We're not going to beat the Cowboys by record, obviously. So we can only fight for the second wildcard spot at most. Or technically the NFC spot mm-hmm. if we went out and beat 49ers. Yeah, and it'd be nice to have a home game for once. Right in the playoffs, uh, uh, some news that dropped this morning uh, or this afternoon 
uh, Titans fired their fired their GM after losing to Philly. Um, it seems like it's firing season in the NFL now. It's at, well, first off, it was kind of weird that Titans chose to fire their their GM with five weeks to go in the season, right? Usually, well, those kind of moves how, happen at the end. How long was I was going to actually ask you? Did you know how long the Titans GM was there? I can look it up, but uh, um, John Robinson, right? Yeah. How long? Let me see how I can see. It. I see it here. He's been there for. Uh, oh wow, he's been there for six years. So he had a good enough time to be in there and make a lot of decisions and changes. Mm-hmm. And I think with that Eagles game, because you got to look at the Titans. I'm telling you, like the Titans, sure they have a great run game. They they said we're gonna we're basically they're basically the kiss method if it was a football team. Keep it stupid simple, and they're that team because they're just saying we just run the ball. Run the yeah. ball, maybe throw here and there if you have Ryan Tannehill. But if you don't have Ryan Tannehill, just run the ball. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that's the thing is that they literally traded. I don't know, I don't know why he made the decision to trade AJ Brown, and then you go into the draft this past season and said, "Yeah, let's get trade." Uh, nothing against Traylon Burks, uh, but like you went to go get a receiver that's like AJ Brown. That makes no sense. Like at, the, at that point, it's just pay AJ Brown. Yeah, no one knows the uh, financial situation over there too. If that was the reason why they had to let AJ Brown go, because AJ Brown they got got traded to um, Philly and he got paid. He he's earned every cent of that paycheck this season. He's he's oh he definitely crazy it. well. It it does scratch your heads, but that was probably one of the leading reasons why he got fired. Um, who do you that think is next? Who who do you think is next around the league? Just to name off some some people. Um, well, if we're gonna go off of what Oliver said, definitely um, Steve Kime, the Cardinals GM, <laughs> because he's been there for I think what a few years at least. But yeah, he's definitely one because uh, what they've done. Granted, you got talent, but it's like it's just not working. So I know their head coach is on the hot seat. I don't know how the GM because I, I think the GM might get a. I think he actually he might. I'm gonna say he's on the hot seat, but he might get a pass because look at the talent, right? But mm-hmm. then something ain't working with said talent. So look at the head coach, right? Because after the head coach goes, then you're next up as the GM. So unless they just both go, if they take that tandem and just just go, then cool. It's up to the owner. Although it seems like Steve Kime is friends, good friends with the owner. So we'll see. They uh, um, one thing, one name I was thinking was uh, um. Ballard, uh, the the GM over at Colts, I think it's Ballard or Ballard. I can't, I don't remember how to pronounce it, but uh, Colts might be in one of those situations where they're just trying to write out the season. I mean, they hired Jeff Saturday as an interim coach. Who well, I know coach. It's up to John Ursay, right? The or owner? Jim. Or Jim. Sorry. Wow. Jim Ursay. Have Jim, some respect yeah. for those owners, okay? You, oh, they are attacked on a daily basis. Right. But although, <laughs> I mean, Jim Ursay has been like a fun, for some people, fun owner to watch when he talks about stuff. Because Jim Ursay is the one that helped bring in um, their current head coach, a former NFL player with not much head coaching you know, ability, right? It's like... It's fun if you're not a fan of the Colts. Basically. It's very fun from that aspect. So... The G. How long has the GM for the Colts been there? Actually, I think it's been three years. Let me. If he's let me look there long enough to like get some trades and picks in. Then yes, because 
Um, well, he's overseen – if he's been there long enough to oversee all the quarterbacks that have come through right, that door. Right, yeah, at that point. 2017, so he's been GM for five years. Oh, he's yeah. He's pretty much overseen every single quarterback to come in. Hot seat. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a hot – he's in the hot seat because you're telling me you had a team that just needed a quarterback and you got multiple quarterbacks? Granted, right. granted he did architect that the like the uh, DeForest Buckner trade and like those kind of moves to drafted Darius Lent or Shaq Leonard. Um, True, but look at the Broncos too. The Broncos yeah. got a solid defense. They actually did. They actually uh, let go of a who was his name? Anthony Harris, the veteran safety. Yeah, um, they just let him go. But look at the Broncos defense. So that's also why you know you know going into it, the Broncos GM George Patton, they have new ownership, the Walmart family. Um, I don't think they're. I don't think that you inherit uh, the GM, a coach, and a team you obviously don't know. I feel like George Patton because that big trade with Russ. I yeah, personally I mean, just, it's really hard to overcome that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if anything, they might give George Patton a a pass just to see what happens in this next uh, off season. So if they like, if they have at least give it a one off season right now. And then see what they can do, and then see how the season next year turns out. And if it's still shitty, then you can let go of George Patton. But that's if you trust George Patton. So yeah, and um, also hired Nathaniel Hackett. That is probably that's an easy out, though. You can yeah. easily you can easily kick a first year head coach for having a very very bad season, especially when he comes out and says like I had to hire extra people for decision making. It's unfortunately, it's like adding a bullet against him. So I can yeah. see the head coach Nathaniel Hackett going because he's supposed to be an offensive mind. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Nathaniel Hackett is done in, at the Broncos uh, in Broncos country. But yeah. uh, uh, the question is, how far is that uh, change going to happen? Because you know you can't afford to have too much turmoil because you're about to start paying a quarterback forty five million dollars a year for. Yeah, you got to yeah. give him the platform to succeed. Gotta give all your players a platform to succeed, but you know your quarterback especially. Facts. Um, um, one one other yeah. name I had on that list was the um, GM for the Rams. Um, just based off of uh, um, you just mean based less, off of the, you mean less fuck them pick Sneed less fuck them pick Sneed. He uh, <laughs> that he sold out. He's been GM there for like ten years, and so you know he sold out Lord. all his pick. He Man, sold they out were the St. Louis Rams by the way, when they were still in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, that's a sore subject for people in St. Louis. But uh, they he's he's he basically sold sold the house to to um, win a Super Bowl. So good on him, right? But I think the Rams are are in it for are in a rebuild for a long period of time moving forward. Yeah, and, there's there's not a lot of picks to be had now. Yeah, and so it's one of those situations where do you continue to use less need or do you move forward with a new face for a different vision, right? It depends because I think less need is still going to be there because they got themselves through it a very aggressive means. They got themselves a Super Bowl ring. And here's the thing. Honestly, now in the hindsight, sure, it was a very extreme move to get all use all those picks up you know, obviously you're going to hurt your your future set of picks but you did all of that to win that's what a lot of people wanted you know how a lot of people how we used to say for the seahawks yo just maybe go like trade and stuff like that like nowadays a lot back in the day people did not like to trade first round picks they just like to wait to the draft to see what they get i'm actually happy that we have you know less need being the most extreme of them in the, in in this case but since we're, we're getting younger gms getting younger head coaches we're going to start seeing a lot of more trades. And I love seeing a lot of these like first round trades all around for me personally. 
I don't like this whole like no like the Packers approach where they don't trade for anyone. They just say we wait till the draft and then they draft so weird. So I'd rather you be aggressive. Some yeah, people got were Christian happy Watson the Rams this year, did though. <laughs> They yeah. they did get Christian Watson this year though. They did. They they finally like you know this past draft they finally said oh because he but Aaron Rodgers needed receivers so like the past what besides because yeah. you know they were trying to get a receiver besides Devontae Adams right mm. um, to complement but they it's been like what three years because they were like oh we need a receiver and we go get Jordan Love what <laughs> you know things of that nature so um, I like to see that we're gonna have we're gonna start to see more trades going forward. Even like the 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 creator of Over the Cap was even saying like we're gonna start to see more trades, and I say it's gonna be more fun uh, going forward. So I think Les Snead is gonna still be there because they got a Super Bowl out of it. Now the thing is, what can Les Snead do with the players that he has on that team to acquire picks back? I think they're gonna have to start like clearing house, and that's the thing. They're gonna have Unless, to start. Trading. Do they have a cap? Do they have like a, a, a pending, like an impending cap situation about to happen to them? Because I don't think so. But I, I haven't been be following wrong. their cap situation. But I think they got a lot of players that they pay really well. I mean, Bobby Wagner, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and mm-hmm. um, uh, Jalen Ramsey, just in, and Matt Stafford. Right? I think I I saw this graphic. I can't find it. I was looking for it the other day, but I think Rams have the most players. That the that they pay, what was the statistic? It was it was yeah, like they actually, pay the Rams, most. Rams are on on course for a a, a pending like cap crisis, like they like the Saints did. Because yeah, because uh, yeah, I sorry yeah. So they were on. I think the the Rams pay the most to players that are currently on IR because yes. you got Cooper Cup on IR as well, and he he gets paid twenty mil. Oh, I forgot because it was like. It was Ron. It was oh, not Ryan, but uh, Aaron Donald had like thirty-eight million or something like, or uh, thirty-eight million. I think Matt uh, Stafford had four, like someone had forty-two or something like that. I think it was Aaron Donald had forty-two. Matt Stafford had a little bit below that or something. Basically, they're all on IR, and I'm just like, man, that sucks. But I'm like, that's a weird. At first, like it was Field Yates that uh, posted that tweet. Because I remember saying like. Okay, I don't know what I'm supposed to take away from this tweet, as if it was their fault they got injured or something like that. You know, so no, like it's, it, I think I think it was more of just the current situation over there. Yeah, like, you know the, the the this they have so much talent on IR. I think it was, oh, yeah. that was the point of that tweet. It's uh yeah. So Aaron Donald counts this season. He counts 26 million against the cap. Jalen Ramsey is what 25.2 million. Cooper Cup is 27.8 million. Matt um, Stafford is 20 million, and that's your top four players. What about B Wags? I think B Wags. Hold up a second. Uh, actually, I wish I can. Um, it doesn't look like I can um, like reorganize this, but uh, there is someone that's twenty two, and that's Leonard Floyd. He's twenty two million against the cap. Um, that's the uh, edge for the defense. Yeah, yeah. The edge rusher, and then uh, Bobby Wagner's only twelve million. Is he only twelve million right now? So let me check his future numbers. His future numbers are. His cap this season, it says, is 2.5. His cap number next season is 12, and then it's 12 again, 11.5, 12, and that's it. That that equals out to his full. Um, he's basically, it's basically like a, he's getting paid handsomely in a sense, but not like I'm the most paid like line, middle linebacker kind of thing. I don't – is he the most paid? I, I didn't check. I don't, I don't think so. Linebackers. I think you got guys like Roquan Smith and stuff like that. Or Well, he's on rookie deals. Um there's definitely yeah. guys out there that are getting paid more than 11 to 12 million. I can do this real quick. That That is an interesting fact real quick because, I mean, at the end of the day, like that's just. Oh, I see. Um, where is it? Linebacker. 
I love over the cap though, by the way. Because <laughs> um, I don't think you can do a middle. It just says linebacker. And it looks like, yeah, full contract. It looks like the total guarantee. Also, Fred Werner from the 49ers, his total, his, he's the second highest paid if, if we're talking like total value, because his full contract is 95 point something million. Um, uh, oh, Shaquille Leonard from the Colts is 98.5 million, 19.7 a year. Fred Warner has 19 and some change a year. Uh, their guarantees are a bit different because Shaquille Leonard's his guarantees was like 52 million guaranteed. So, and they're both uh, both Leonard and Warner are both uh, free agents in 2020. So that's like their new, their new fresh deals, and those are over CJ Mosley on the Jets. Um, yeah, Bobby Wagner's not even in the top five, or even wait, one, two, three. He's right outside. He's a he's like eleven, uh, yeah. With his uh, deal, so it's like a yeah. His whole deal is a fifty million dollar deal at his age and stuff like that, which isn't bad, you know. I think the only other someone else that's actually thirty two years old making more than him is Levante David from the Bucks. Although it says his total value is twenty five million, so it's kind of weird. It might be because of ah. Here we go. It did it correctly. Oh, actually, Bobby Wagner is actually top 10, so he'll be eight. I, okay. I, I had to just, uh, there's a drop down. That's all I needed. Like, <laughs> make it to where, like, you know, most to least. Okay, so it's uh, Leonard, Shaquille Leonard from the Colts, Fred Warner from the 49ers, CJ Mosley from the Jets at three, Deion Jones from the Browns um, at four. I think, yeah, at four. Shaq Thompson from the Panthers at five. Uh, Devondre Campbell from the Packers at six, Eric Kendricks from the Vikings at seven, Bobby Wagner from the Rams at eight, uh, Foyasade, Foyasade Olakun from the Jaguars at nine, and then Matt Milano from the Bills at 10. Okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, I don't think linebackers are paid as handsomely as defensive ends and that kind of thing. I mean, you pay, spread. I'll take my 50 million. <laughs> Would you yeah. like a contract for like 30 million over three years, sir? <laughs> yeah. Other other GMs that I mean, well, there are t- other teams that are performing, you know, poorly. That you could, I think, they have newer GMs, so they they they're not necessarily on the hot seat. It would it'd be pretty dramatic, like you know, Texans obviously is the yeah. Uh, I think they have a new GM this year. You said new right? every new whole front office. I yeah. think they they got rid of the one dude that was all about like the uh, the the Pope and all that. Not the Pope, but like the he was like the priest or something the, like that. The, the chaplain, yeah, something like that. Yeah. He was they a chaplain for the team. Yeah, they got rid of him. So Raiders, yeah. Raiders also have a new GM, and that's another team that you think might have been looking at that. But yeah, yeah, I didn't know about them having a fresh uh, GM, but they definitely needed it, especially with uh, what happened. So, oh, yeah. real quick, the Rams, by the way, um, in their current cap space is like three point six million this season. It's, and I kid you not, their their cap space for next season is four point two million, which isn't even enough to draft players. <laughs> Right. So I think they're going to probably cut some people even this upcoming season just for future, because in 24, it's at six point five million. But then 2025, zero. OK, zero. And I think and I'm looking at how many players are on here and stuff like that. Something's going to happen in the next like two, three seasons or two yeah. three years. Um, not sure. This is up to Les Snead. This is like his next set is like, what can you do to keep the certain well, who is your core players? And who are you going to let go? Because you can't pay everyone. Because they're paying like Hollywood contracts to a lot of people on that team. Allen Robinson. Huh? 
Allen oh, Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's Alan one Wal- of those situations where I think the Rams are going to be aided by the fact that I think a couple players might retire. Like Matt Stafford might retire, and that'll alle- alleviate a lot of their. He that, that, yeah, he ain't going anywhere. He ain't going anywhere else. He ain't moving again. He's. I bet you he's happy in California. We're in L.A. specifically with the money he got. What you you mean he do, he doesn't want to go back to Detroit? <laughs> Who doesn't want to go back to Detroit? The best state in the U.S. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. The um. I think uh, who else was, was most likely going to... I don't think any other... Aaron Donald is the other name. I mean, that was the other name. That that was the... Uh, I mean... Well, I, I don't think Cup would retire, but I think the... Uh, I don't know why the people Super... think Aaron Donald's going to retire. Like, he was only eight or nine seasons in, and I'm seeing, like, other people in his position be there longer. But No, it was more about his desire, I think, to, to walk away. And I think he had to get roped back in because that's... I think that was the... The narrative oh, talk, that was we going talked around. about that because like how a lot you had I think Matt Stafford didn't say anything about retiring but you definitely had the head coach uh, Sean McVay and Aaron Donald saying like you know what that was a big big win because I think I might retire but let's be frank and honest here Sean McVay knew that he was about to get hurt with not having a lot of draft picks post that Super Bowl yeah this is re- this year that, is really hurt Kool Aid they drunk that Kool Aid and they're there for this season and it is a shit season for them right now. And if you're a player, I mean, well, you you always have the freedom to retire. No one's forcing you to to, to that contract. So, like, you know, he Sean McVay could have even Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is probably pretty good TV personality as well. They probably both could have made it as you know analyst commentators, that kind of thing. I don't, uh, know, I don't know about what, Aaron Donald. Sean McVay, I've I've heard interest with he he. I think he may have expressed some interest, but I definitely know people were interested in him, getting him for. Um, some type of analyst job. I didn't really hear anything about Aaron Donald. If anything, Aaron Donald was going to probably just like go chill for a while with his family. Cause that was what, that's what I was mostly hearing. Spending yeah. It, what, what, what I mean is that like Aaron Donald has the, has the reputation and you know, he's the high, he is a highest high enough profile where he could have gone and done something like that. If that opportunity arose for him, cause he's so, <laughs> I mean, he's probably arguably one of the best defensive players of all time with how many defensive players of the years he won how many first team all pros, you know, he's pretty much been the defining tackle of our, of this period of time for, for the NFL. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's enough about, you know, which GMs are on the hot seat. I think um, I want to let you have your say on this one, but uh, we let's talk Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders left Jackson state after two years for Colorado. What are your thoughts on that? Well, well first give me a, give me a, yeah. Give me a rundown of what happened for yeah, everyone listening. Yeah, so, because I know a lot of, ooh, give me one second. There we go. So, a lot of people don't know about HBCUs in general. You know, we are in a country where, you know, uh, black people don't get a lot of rap <laughs> for just even existing. They, like, we, it's a lot of things, right? So, HBCUs. Uh, most of the HBCU, you know, like all the universities that are out there are most like are mostly FCS teams, uh, which is a lower for some people that don't know. That's the lower D1 divisions. That's where your North Dakota states and stuff in South Dakota states and other um, teams are at. So incomes, you know, incomes of an NFL hoffer, you know, that is known for his, like one, is, is prime time. Deion Sanders, prime time, right? He has a whole press conference going to Jackson State talking about, 
you know, I want, I'm trying to sell that HBCU dream. You know, I want to do a lot here. I want to make this, I don't have the exact quote, so don't, I wouldn't quote, I wouldn't quote, don't quote me on this, but it's basically his message was pretty much like, I'm trying to get, you know, HB, I'm trying to bring HBCUs on the map, you know, talking about a whole pipeline uh, plan, talking about like, basically he was like, he was in it like for the long-term kind of thing, right? He gave three, well, excluding one season. Uh, that was the COVID I, season, right? Yeah, the COVID season, which was a shortened season for the SWAC. I do remember that. It was a weird season. I forgot how they ended that season off, but uh, he, the two seasons after, though, um, well, let me just give you his overall head coaching record at Jackson State. Uh, I think it's uh, 20, I, had to, I think it's either 27 and 22 and 5, regardless. Um, that man, like the, the only, and then in SWAC, his his SWAC conference record was nineteen and two. He only lost two in two years. He only lost to two teams in the SWAC conference, and it hurts because in the first, uh, oh, and then he also got two SWAC champions, uh, SWAC championships out of those years, and he lost the Celebration Bowl, which is a uh, for those that don't know, the Celebration Bowl is where you pre- basically bring like the best HBCU schools to get like out of their conferences and have them face off. I think it's in Florida, if not uh, Atlanta, if I, I don't remember correctly uh, where the celebration bowl happens, but that's what usually happens. So like whoever's the winner of the SWAC championship, they go off to the celebration bowl, which I think they're doing that again this year. I have to double check that, but regardless, he brought in those in three years, he brought two back to back, mind you, SWAC championships and his second season at Jackson State, he was undefeated. No losses. That's Which is hard season. enough to do for anybody. I mean, right. people are going to say, "Oh, it's swack," but you know, you're playing. You're playing with what you're given. So you know, it's it's an even playing field in the yeah. swack. So yeah. going going undefeated with that, that's not something to uh, to just write off. Yeah, it was. Um, let me double check that because I I know in swack he went undefeated, right? I just want to double check the the whole season for um, Jackson State. Let me see that. Yes, great. Yeah, he went twelve and zero. He went twelve and zero uh, that last season, and eight and zero in the uh, uh, in SWAC. The two losses, mind you, like you're probably seeing those. Uh, it is twenty seven five. By the way, his overall coaching record is twenty seven five. His two losses, mind you, was from that twenty twenty season. Yeah, where that that uh, injury shortened season. So two years straight, he took a team that because um, Jackson State wasn't. They were getting there. But he took them to like a whole nother level. And you're telling me 21 in two seasons, you got two eight no's in SWAC. Uh, he lost in the um, the Celebration Bowl um, in that first year. But like, come on, man. Like, you know, you got to it's, it's it's something like that. Right. So with that being said, that second season, you go into the SWAC championship. Then now comes an announcement that he's going to Colorado. Like he he tells them, I think it was before the game that he's going to be taking a job at Colorado. It happened before. I remember that that was specific. And when he did that, you know, a lot of people in the HBCU community, not just Jackson State, some of them were just like, you know, thank you so much and stuff like that. But at the same time, I personally just he promised a huge dream, you know, an HBCU dream, if you will. And then he left in the middle of it. My thing is, I have nothing against him taking the Colorado deal. Uh, getting paid five million or approximately five million or so a year, I would definitely take that job if I was in this position. But my thing is, 
and especially going to a power five. And maybe that was his whole goal was getting to a power five school. That's perfectly fine. Maybe even getting into NFL, maybe one day. Cool. My thing is though, is that don't like, you know, like don't, that's almost like if I was like Kanal, if I was walking in and I said, Hey bro, let's get this podcast going. Right. And we're in the podcast for like this season right now. And then like in the middle of, or like in the, maybe like next season, I'm like, Hey bro, I'm, I'm joining another podcast. They want my talents over there. And I'm just dipping, even though I said we're in this for the long haul. Yeah. You know, what are you trying to say, man? Bad, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, <laughs> basically. Um, but, you know, I, just as an example, I don't have any offers right now worth $5 million a year. I'd let listen, you know. I, I, listen, I will take a cool million if you uh, – <laughs> what do you call it? I'll take I'll my cut. I, I'll see what I can do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, so afterward, he's at UCM, and then um, afterward he's at Colorado, and he's talking to the current team. Uh, do know – uh, this team went one and eleven this past season. One and eleven. So he, one of the few things he said, and I have like a couple of quotes, but I know another quote I didn't write down was, he said, "Your mamas and your daddies have been all watching this for maybe over, a, you know, but you know, over a decade." And he's not wrong. In yeah. the last twenty years, or is it twenty? No, yeah, almost twenty years. In the last, honestly, two days. De- he, said, I think he said two decades because in the last twenty years. They only had one. Uh, they only had one winning season. No, yeah. two win- winning seasons. There was one when they went seven and six when they were when they were in the Big Twelve way back in the day. Um, if you remember them being in the Big Twelve until uh, twenty ten, I think it was the twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen season or something like that, right? Where they no, were... they went to the they went to Pac twelve twenty eleven. No, I mean uh, the their other winning season. Oh yeah, their other winning season uh, was 2016 when they went. 10 yeah, that was the that was a year where um, uh, I think Huskies went to the college football playoffs. They played him in the Pac-12 championship and beat him. Fun fact on that one: I think Uh-oh. Taylor Rapp had two defensive touchdowns, and Taylor Rapp is now um, safety for for the Rams. Oh, interesting. See, look, look at you with your fun facts. Yeah, you're you. not the only one that can have fun facts. <laughs> but yeah, and he. But now. Now, Dion is definitely not wrong. In the past two decades, he only had two winning seasons, with one of them being particularly good at ten and four, and the other one was in two thousand and five, going seven and six. Actually, no, three. Uh, in two thousand four, they went eight and five. So that was, you know, some form of like a glory, the glory years, right? Um, but anywho, he he goes into that room, talks to the players, and you know, at the end of the day, he said like two things. You know, I got a few positions already taken care of because I'm bringing my luggage with me. He's because he's bringing players from Jackson State in here. Now, what I do like what he did was he said these players are coming in and he said, repeat after me. These players are these players are smart. They're smart and they're tough. They're tough because HBCU players get a bad rap Mm -hmm. for just being black. I'm not going to just I'm just going to put it up front because people think HBCU ain't shit because it's black people. So he had to put that down because he's, you know, he's still for the people in that regard. It's just, people are kind of just tight over, um, you know, how are you going to promise something like a huge dream and all this good stuff? And then you're just going to leave in the middle of it, but don't get like, I already had a feeling that like a lot of schools, if not a lot, then some potential schools are going to start calling around after, especially after the season he had this year, if not next season. Um, the last uh, quote that was like, that was said to in front of the college, or in front of the CU players, his face was, "Hey, get ready and go ahead and jump in that port into that pool and do whatever you're gonna, you know, do whatever you're gonna get because more of you, if the more of you jump in, the more room you make." 
I think, yeah, well, uh, all of this, like that, I think that was the big headlines that people are getting from that. And I think that, um, I think that does Dion a disservice because I think what he's trying to do is just like a motivation technique where, um, you know, if you're not coming in ready to work, then, you know, get the fuck out because <laughs> we ain't got time for you. Your I parents mean, been watching this for two decades. Yes, basically. So, you know, I, I ain't got time to play like that. So if you ain't he got, if you he, ain't, he definitely didn't say like, you know, he definitely just didn't say to them like, you know, y'all trash. I need you. I, need you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was basically implying that, yeah, this team's been trash because they went one and 11, four and eight, four and two, because, you know, COVID. Five and seven, five and seven, five and seven. And then you you reach back seven, six or seven years ago to that uh six years ago to that ten and four season. So really it's like honestly at this stage, yeah, I uh, you know, uh, at least he didn't say like I need all of you to transfer right now. He wouldn't have a football team. Yeah. It's just more so that like, hey, if you don't like what I'm bringing to this or anything, it's basically if you don't like what I'm bringing, you can go jump that portal. You'll make more room for me because people are going to move based on Deion Sanders name alone as yeah. he. As uh, oh, that's what I also forgot to tell you with Jackson State. He brought in like the number one wide receiver. I think he almost brought in the number one corner in one re- recruiting season to Jackson State. I know he brought in like several like top five recruits, mm-hmm. uh, five star, excuse me, five star recruits in the college football world into Jackson State alone, based off of name and of course how they played after you know, especially after that first uh, that second season for sure brought some people in. So, um. You know, I don't know what how the players are. I mean, the players got no choice. You either you're gonna stay and put in that work to be part of that, you know, whatever they're trying to build over there, or just get on the portal and dip. But yeah, uh, we'll see how things shake out. Yeah, I mean, you can you you wish him luck. Well, I, I mean, I don't wish him luck. He's in the Pac-12, but um, you know, <laughs> in terms of like any sort of controversy around it, I can see where where people are coming from. In that, you know, he he, he did he did promise this big dream of this HBCU, like always earned, what do you call it? Paradise where all Vitalizing these... it as a whole for HBCUs, which I will say it wasn't just on him. It was also on the SWAT commissioner uh, himself and the commissioner and the other people that run SWAT conference. It's not just Dion. Dion's a big name. I'll give you that. It, it does bring pull. But what I did love in these past two, three years is that they started showing more HBCU games on ESPN and stuff like that, which even when I was playing at PV, like not many of the, if if those games were televised, you had to go like online somewhere to see it or something like that. If not luckily even catch it on a regional or local TV kind of thing. So I'm really glad at where things are at nowadays with HBCU. And I would love for it to even get, to get even better, hopefully bring more money to all SWAC schools and MEAC schools. That's the other um, HBCU um, conference. Uh, you know, and all the other HBCUs can get more money, bring in better talent. And then of course, you know, knock on that, you know, bust down that door and do something in the, in the college football league. But that's going to take some time, especially when you are a FCS team that doesn't make, get as much money from an HBCU perspective compared to other FCS teams, let alone FBS teams. Yeah. And in terms of Dion himself, you know, like you said, CU went one and 11 last year. So it's not like he's got a really high bar to reach, you know. He can win two games, and he's already better off. They're already better off with him. Facts, facts. So but you with, know, yeah, yeah. But with that, you want to go? You want to start leading into the week thirteen games? Of course, because someone is two and zero oh with two I like, straight I don't like to wins. Talk about it. I don't like to talk about it. Picks. Nah, you're gonna talk about it. Cause I've been hearing about it for five plus weeks. Your boy came with two dubs. Yeah, I don't yeah. have it. I don't have it all tallied up. 
But, you know, I'll take my two win streak right now. Thank you very much. But anyway, let's get into these games. So humble. Very <laughs> humble indeed. Uh, I told you I'm competitive. I may not have shown it in the other side. I'm competitive as hell. I do yeah. research. I think, I think, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, Bills at Patriots, 24-10 Bills. We were both right in this one. Anything you want to say besides Bills having the Pats number in this game? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, Bill Belichick is uh, still having a little bit rough go and might be, I'm wondering if Mac Jones is still playing hurt. Um, That's true. He did he have that high, high ankle sprain and mm-hmm. can't, he did come back from that a lot earlier than people thought he would. Bill's coming up on three years of being coach or being coach over a team that hasn't performed well. One of those years being the COVID year where notably a lot of their players on defense did go on that, uh, opted out of that season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, the questions are, you know, going to come up that is, you know, if this is the end of Bill, of the Bill Belichick era in New England, I don't see it. I think he's done more than he's enough. Their, to he's prove. their GM and their head coach. He's like one of the only head coaches I know that could be a GM and head coach at the same time. Yeah, and he's uh, he, he what he Bill O'Brien tried, but he failed so hard at, with the Texans. Bill Belichick will never get fired. He 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 gets the he he has earned the right to leave on his own terms after winning them six rings. Basically, so does um Pete Carroll too. Technically, yeah. Oh, Pete Carroll hasn't had as much success as as Bill Belichick has, but yeah, he's earned that right for what he's done for that franchise. Yep. So um, other than that, I mean, Bills at Patriots. I mean, the Patriots are hmm, eh. At this point, Bills. We'll see what the Bills ha- uh, what happens in the playoffs. At this point, uh, next game: Steelers at Falcons, nineteen to sixteen. Steelers, and we were both right on this one. Yeah, it was another steady eighty game for Kenny Pickett. That's the main takeaway I got out of it. If you look at the spe- uh, the stat sheet, didn't look like there was much spe- nothing anything spectacular. But fun fact: Kenny Pickett hit Connor Hayward for their only touchdown, and Connor Hayward is Cameron Hayward's brother, who was yeah. also having a day on defense. So. Uh, the Hayward brothers were were leading um, were leading the charge for them. I thought uh, I thought um, when Connor Hayward got that touchdown, they said like his father or his um, uncle or something. Or was it his brother that? Because they said the late brother that played on the Falcons or something like that. Or am I? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know about all that. But I know Connor Hayward and Cameron Hayward are brothers. Um, okay. 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 If I, you're, I don't recall. But anywho. Yeah, but if you're the Falcons, you know. At, your season, I mean, the NFC South is kind of a cluster, but it's still reachable for some teams. I mean, um, you beat at, the Bucks, though. Yeah, but at what point do you start fielding Desmond Ritter is the question, right? Maybe in those last few games of the season? It's like, Mar- like Mariota has actually not been too bad with the Falcons. The Falcons just need to do like an option set offense with Mariota because Mariota still has a good has good legs. Um, He has... Because there was that one time where they kept running the ball even when they were down a lot of points. And it was a weird, that was a weird game because I'm like, why aren't you throwing the ball? I just feel like Falcons don't throw the ball enough at times because they definitely have a rookie. They have Drake London out there, but you know, it, it's it's basically Chris Olave and Drake London because I, I have both of them in my NFL um, fantasy. And it's weird how like Drake London's not getting a lot. He's a really good receiver and I'm not sure why he's not getting a lot of like a lot of production or a lot of target th- thrown his way most games. Mariota but, doesn't really throw the ball a lot to begin with though. Yeah, and I don't know where I don't know where Desmond Ritter is, but I know everyone's trying to do the what, what everyone's going to call it the the Mahomes trope or the Mahomes trope in terms of like development, but at the same time I never believe that it, even if you're you're a top 5 pick quarterback, I personally don't believe that unless you just don't have a QB at all. 
I don't per- I don't believe that every QB coming into the league in any year is going to be like an Andrew Luck or anything like that if they were picked in the top five or top ten. Yeah. So, Other than that, not much else out of this game. No, nothing else. But uh, Broncos at Ravens. Let's 10-9. ride. <laughs> Let's ride. 10-9 Ravens. We were both right because I don't trust the Broncos at all anymore. Um, we talked about Russell Wilson not having, you know, a good game. Broncos are going to Bronco. Um, but Lamar got, you know, again, Lamar got injured. Huntley came in, got that literally the one score to get them off to like get themselves a win. It was an ugly win, but we'll see what happens with the Ravens. Yeah. Brandon McManus missed the game winning field goal. Like, Russ actually got them within at least close with field goal range. And we're it just paying you, but they're paying that man almost 275 or $230 million. And you can't, I mean, are you trying to work for that? That number is always going to be held over his head, but like, will. but yeah, I'm saying you can pay a lot of money and you're not scoring more than the number of bathrooms in your house. I'm sorry. Like that, that was like a good meme than that. It's, it's, it's a fact. It's yeah. a fact meme that is out there, but it's really just like, like, I don't know what the issues are, but they need to get it fixed for next season at this point. Yeah, for um, sure. And I think Lamar is week to week with his knee injury. So okay. that's something to be to, to keep an eye on going forward. I would think they need to at least rest him one, maybe two weeks, in my opinion. But I know there's it. We're in that time of the season where like whatever record you have determines what you need to do for the rest of the season. So um, we'll see what happens with the Ravens. Um, Packers at Bears, twenty-eight to nineteen. Packers. We both got this right, even though we wish we were wrong. Um, <laughs> Packers score eighteen in the fourth quarter to the Bears is zero. Oh, yeah, they, they they lost that game in the fourth quarter, but. Uh, Christian Watson, he had another touchdown. I think it was a, ru- it was a long rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just flourishing now, which is great to see because with he had those injury issues on the, early on in the season. But Packers are still going to own the Bears, and that's that's fact I, at the I end of the day. Wanted the, I don't want, like, Rodgers to retire or go somewhere else without the Bears at least winning once, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but next up, Jaguars at Lions, 40 to 14 Lions, and we were both right. Yeah, we were doing pretty well in these morning games. Oh, yeah. Don't talk about the afternoon ones, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, Lions with that ass. Uh, apparent, oh, wow, they did not punt once. In the, they really didn't punt once at all? Nope. Oh, that's a beautiful day. Um, you got 40 course, points, you kind of figure. Yeah, the sun god himself was on fire in that game, too. And uh, funnily enough, I do have him. It's funny. I, I have him. Again, everyone knows this. I have him on my... The only reason why I care that he's doing a really good job right now is because in my uh, my personal NFL league with some of my buddies, we do payouts for like the number one receiver, number one running back, quarterback, and tight end. And I have Kelsey and I have Austin Eckler, who are the number one tight end and number one uh, or number one uh, tight end and number one uh, running backs. I just need to win the whole thing to get extra money to get the actual payout. But um, at the very least, I'll get some money out of it at this stage. At this uh, at this stage going forward, um, Amon Ra he's like number six right now. But I don't. I think oh, I wish he never got injured for that huge stretch of games. He would probably be a number one wide receiver right now, in all honesty. But mm-hmm. it's it's nice watching the Lions just uh, do their thing. So Browns yeah. at Texans, twenty seven fourteen Browns. We both got this one right. Yeah. Uh, fuck Deshaun Watson had a really bad game. Um, 
didn't really do much. I think yeah, the no Broncos, touchdowns. I think one or no one interception, no touchdowns and stuff. Yeah, like he that. threw. It, there was one pass where he threw it directly at a Texans receiver or a Texans defensive player. <laughs> he never he forgot where he came from, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think the, the the Browns defense really won them. Defense and special teams really yeah. won them that one because they got twenty one points out of those twenty seven. And so. that was a uh, Keenan. I think it was Keenan Allen at uh that was the quarterback for the um, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, excuse me. So it's Kyle Allen. That's, Keenan, uh, Keenan Allen, wide receiver for the Chargers. <laughs> I was thinking of, no, who was I thinking of? Not Kyle, uh, but. Uh, Josh Allen? No, there was <laughs> no, no, not that Allen. There was another. Wow. I, that, I just, it just popped in my head. It makes me look stupid. I was thinking of Case Keenum for some odd reason. But um, he was at Texans for at, at some point, though. So right. right. So that's probably why I was, that's probably what I was uh, like hearing and stuff. Or that was in my, that was in my head at the time. Anywho. Unfortunately for the, you know, Texans just need to go get a quarterback. They're going to go get a quarterback number one overall. We know this to happen because they need a quarterback. And that's pretty much it. Um, they have a running back on the Texans. They just need everything else. Yeah. The defense um, ain't bad either. True, true. Uh, next game, because this was a fun one. This is one of the ones that uh, helped uh, help solidify my win was the Jets at Vikings. 27-22 I don't like Vikings. talking about this one. Jets I had the ball. that one right. Jets had the ball on the one yard line and turn it over on downs. Like, come on, man. Like <laughs> they had multiple goes at it. At, hey, you know what? Look, someone, someone somewhere is saying, well, the Seahawks should have run it at the Super Bowl. Yeah. But that was, you know, that ended up with an interception. These guys had like four chances. On the one yard line. <laughs> at come that on. point, I don't know what to tell you. Cause I, I remember I was watching that. You have to give credit to the Vikings defense in that regard, because yo, I wasn't a Vikings fan in my heart was like so, it wasn't like cardiac arrest like it was for the Seahawks that one season but it was like man if you were a Vikings fan right now but um very tight game Vikings pulled through and uh what else can I say you know yeah I think that's all there is to it yeah the next one is weird commanders at the commies at Giants 2020 oh wow a tie you know like <laughs> yeah we both got that one wrong but who actually predicts a tie right <laughs> i never no one ever predicts a tie like it, if when it happens it's just we everyone looks at it weird like why did y'all tie so yeah. like the raiders and chargers last season that was i think that was the one that everyone was like why did y'all tie literally no why didn't you tie because if you tied you both would have went into the playoffs or something yeah like something that. like that yeah and then i think i think Derek carr said fuck y'all i'm a, i'm going i'm going alone <laughs> right so yeah, uh, but like both both charger or uh, giants and commies had chances and opportunities to get the ball down the field every true. time they just never they i think didn't. the giants missed a kick too that I also think, yeah, yeah the giants right. definitely missed a winning kick that's what also that's what really happened heineke's he's still good for the team um it's funny because they um, the fun fact about this game is that they this upcoming Sunday uh, Sunday night football for primetime they literally like they pushed they put they flexed the Commanders and Giants to that um, segment so that's that says like oh this is gonna be really good y'all <laughs> yeah but I think that's all there really is to that game because they play each other oh no not this upcoming because they're uh, they're on uh, commies are on by so it's in two weeks. Um, to help solidify that tiebreaker right there, because then the big game will be against, you know, Cowboys towards the end of the season. But I don't think you can take the, I don't know if you, they can, I don't think they have a chance to take it away from the Cowboys at this point. So, um, anywho, Titans at Eagles, uh, 35, 10 Eagles were both right. Eagles doing Eagles things. AJ Brown had that nasty push off and catch that. Yeah. One, that I was, was wondering about that one. I, I, I thought that that was a weird play. Cause you know, if, if it's the other way flag all day long, 
but I don't know what the uh, official ruling was on that because he pretty much trucked the corner. Did he get a flag for pushing off someone? So in this case, it was a push off with AJ Brown. That's the only thing. It wasn't a push off. He like full on decked. Well, like he like took him out of the play, bro. Like he literally just like, uh, like like you can look at his arms. Like if you go look at the play, it's not like he trucked him. That wasn't a truck. That was like a get off of me, and he fell, and then that was that was disrespectful. Um, (laughs) But uh, you know, AJ Brown disrespected the Titans that day. And like, you know, like we talked about earlier, it was so bad that the Titans had to fire their GM over it. Yeah. So why did you let that player go? Why didn't you pay him? <laughs> Someone, <laughs> the owner was like, why didn't you just pay him? Like, so anyway, I left that decision up to you. But uh, next up, which is a, I thought this was going to be a little bit of a tighter game, but Dolphins at 49ers, uh, 33-17, the 49ers got it. We were both wrong in that instance. And we already talked about the Jimmy injury, but yeah, I didn't think that, I thought the Dolphins would have done would have done a lot better, but I think uh, Tua got hurt in this game too, didn't he? I think he, yeah. Well, that was towards the end of the game after the mm-hmm. game was kind of out of reach. And then I think Skylar Thompson came in and then he threw a pick six or something like that. Right, because you got to play for the playoffs at this point after that yeah. type of game, right? So rest up Tua and that's all you can do. There's not much else to say. Oh, well, I mean, 49ers, again, they lost their starting quarterback. So we'll see how their season shakes up now because in the if, you, if we're going to be honest here, this opens up the NFC West to us greatly i mean we just gotta win that's all we can control yeah that's the only thing we can do next up was chiefs at Bengals. uh 27 24 Bengals. we were both wrong but i mean hey the Bengals have the the Bengals have the chiefs number (laughs) they've won all three of the last matchups yeah yeah including the playoffs so um yeah i don't know like it's some respect on joe shiesty yeah, Joe Shiesty, man. At, at that point, it was a really good game to watch, too. Um, they even held, like, Travis Kelsey to, like, very low numbers compared to, like, all his other games before as well. well you mean that's possible? Is that <laughs> a thing? Can you actually beat the Chiefs? Like, yes, every team is beatable. You just got to find their weaknesses and exploit it. The, the, the Bengals, unless the Bengals are just like, let's just hit today, guys. Just hit people today. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, next up, Chargers at Raiders. 27-20 to the Raiders. We were both wrong. Because who's, who actually bets on the Raiders? <laughs> right, but you would also think they just found out that well, not just found out, not based off of the just the Seahawks game, which was an ugly um, run game, for, ugly run defense for us then. But um, the past like what two, no three, four weeks, Josh Jacobs has been having a stretch and like full I said, season, yeah, the full season really, with some off games here and there. But he because I do remember that one game where both Adams and Josh Jacobs just had no production at all. That was a funny game. But um yeah, just run the like just run the ball as much as can and then just throw to Adams whenever. That's that's yeah. that's the that's the way to win for them. And I don't know where they're gonna be at, if they're gonna make it the playoffs or not, but we'll see. Um uh, next up was a game I definitely did not watch because who wants to watch the Colts face the uh, face the Cowboys at Cowboys? Um, 54 to 19 Cowboys. We were both right. I wish we were both wrong, but unfortunately Cowboys, Cowboys came through and scored 33 points in the fourth quarter to put the game away, which is kind of ridiculous. Like if you, if you, if you, if you turn that game off, you 33 uh, still winning, even if you subtracted a 33. (laughs) Yeah. They they were up 21 to 19, which, you know, three quarters of the game, Dallas fans are probably pissed, but, um, you know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's still, uh, I just hope it's they lose a, an the interim coach. I just yeah, hope they lose. You know. Yeah, it, it, I think they they are getting pretty close to being a safe bet for the playoffs. I oh, mean, they're, they're like clinching the it. I mean, they're in the playoffs. I wouldn't say clinch, but um, they have to face the Eagles one more time, I believe. So, 
something something uh, drastic would have to happen for for that to happen but yeah they're they're inching closer to that which uh we hate seeing as cowboys haters i think there's another whenever that eagles cowboys game is gonna be on i'm gonna watch that for sure because i would love the cowboys to lose then and then they have to be in a wild card and i hope to god we don't face them in the wild card that's my only issue (laughs) so um last game saints at bucks this was the game that was it was either gonna tie or i win and I watched that last drive or the last chunk of that game, 17-16 bucks. I got that one right. Brady is still the GOAT. And Mark Ingram had to definitely tweet his about his mistaken apology of when he ran the ball and he had an opening to get to the first down and he did not get the first down in a crucial yeah. moment in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that, that uh, I remember seeing that too. And it, it, <laughs> it sucks, but you can't bet against the GOAT. <laughs> it's... He is the GOAT! The GOAT! Uh, all right Um, that's all that's all the yeah that's all the week 13 games you want to go into the week 14 picks yeah let's get it all right first up we got raiders at rams who do you got raiders not betting on the rams ever again (laughs) jets at bills that's a tough one i'm gonna go bills though yeah it's a complete team because jets they got the offense Right. Like we, we like we saw, <laughs> I got burned on the one yard line for in that in that uh, Jets Vikings matchup. So right, um, Browns, Browns at Bengals. Bengals. Deshaun Watson, he's still trying to figure his life out. So you know, while they're doing that, ain't no, um, ain't nothing to worry about. Thanks. Next one up, we got Texans at Cowboys. Cowboys, come on, man. Uh, that unfortunately, you're facing the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. So Cowboys. Next after that we got Vikings at Lions. That's a hear me out though. I might I might out. I'm thinking Lions. I'm going Lions too because like I just want to see the chaos and the Lions have been on a good streak. Yeah, they, I mean they, they, they've been scoring a lot. Like they have been, ever since DeAndre Swift has been like has come back into the team. That team has been reborn and, and they're at and they're at home. But this yeah, is a non prime time game, so it's one of those like ooh, it's going to be down to the wire basically. Yeah, Eagles at Giants. Eagles. Yeah, that's all. Unless Giants pull something out of their hat or something like that. I mean, the Giants need to get this win if they want to, you know, besides trying to stay in the playoffs, but trying to, I don't know, do whatever. The only way Giants win is if they can get Saquon Barkley going, but getting Saquon Barkley going will be tough against this Eagles D. So Very true. That's that's why we both pick the Eagles anyway. (laughs) Uh, Ravens at Steelers. That's a tough one as well. That's a one that we'll have to see what the Lamar Jackson situation is. I'm going to go. I will go Steelers on this one. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was like, yeah, because I think the Steelers are trending in the right direction. Kenny Pickett is actually doing pretty well. And as long as the defense is performing up to their standard, because I think TJ Watt is still getting pretty ramped up and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Jaguars at Titans. I am going titans on this one yeah because uh jaguars ain't it oh funny and then a funny little story have you ever heard anything about the number one overall pick from this past draft yeah nothing i haven't heard shit (laughs) trevon walker like he's is i've seen him get called for like bonehead boneheaded flags early on in the season but then it's like he just dropped off the grid we only talk about aiden hutchinson if anything right and that's because also because people love him more because they saw the you know you know, uh, hard knocks anyway. So yeah. Dolphins at chargers. I got dolphins in this one. Dolphins at charge. I had, I had to do the breathe out like uh Peter did. Cause it's like, I feel like the charges could stand a chance, 
the the Chargers' weakness right now is on the defensive side of the ball, and it the, is very true. And I'm, I'm I always have to keep thinking about that that offense. As long as they keep Tua healthy and stuff like that, that offense is no joke. Although against the 49ers' defense, right? So if you don't have a defense, you don't really have a, a game plan against the Dolphins or anyone else like Bills too. Yeah, this one's tough. Buccaneers at 49ers. At 40. Okay, so crap because the 49ers have a new have a new quarterback now. Yeah, oh. I'm gonna go with 49ers on this one. That defense is gonna Nick Bosa is having a fantastic year. I think they're gonna get all up in Brady's business. I'm gonna put the goat on this one. Say Bucks. I think it's gonna be like a. I want to. I just want the chaos. So <laughs> and plus, if the 49ers lose, that helps us out too. So yeah, I'm, maybe I'm doing the reverse psychology thing. Maybe I'm playing chess and you're playing checkers. <laughs> I'm playing 3D, actually, no, four-dimensional chess right now. with Four-dimensional? Yeah. I, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. Five-dimensional with time travel. That's what I'm doing. Okay. That's an actual game, by the way. Is it really? Five-dimensional chess. It's literally playing chess with time travel, too. Yeah, it's an actual thing. Can you cheat with it using butt plugs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. We're coming full circle on episode one. <laughs> uh, what's the next game, my brother? Chiefs at Broncos. Let's just write down Chiefs and move on. That's honestly, you didn't even have to announce. Hey, Chiefs. <laughs> Patriots Any team at cards. Bronco faces. Just choose the opposite team. Yeah, Patriots at cards. That's a tough one too. Oh, two like teams that should have done more. I think I'm gonna go with Patriots on this one. I'm gonna go Cardinals. I think. Uh, I think. That offense, uh, if as long as they can keep Kyler contained, and I think they'll they'll do a good job of taking D Hop out of the game because that's basically Facts. all the, the Patriots. The, do. But how's the Patriots defense been over the course of the season, though? What's it? What's the kid's name? Jonathan Jones is the other rookie cornerback, and he's playing like lights out. I thought that was oh that was a D tackle. I thought no. Uh, they, you're thinking uh, you're thinking oh. of uh, Judon. No, there was a guy, Patriots, hang on, D. Or you're thinking of Chandler Jones, who was, <laughs> that was a long time ago. No, no, not Chandler Jones. There was a, they picked up a rookie um, at D-Tackle that who is, oh, it was him. Is this it? Let me see. Is it Jonathan Jones I'm thinking? Of? I can't remember if that's uh, the corner. No, 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 I thought no, he was you're... a rookie. No, no, I'm looking at the. Because um... Jonathan what... Jones is 29. So I don't think it's him. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's I can't their, remember who the that's their cornerback. I was trying to remember who their D tackle was, but their D tackle is a it's not a rookie. It's someone that was picked up last uh last draft though. Um Christian Baum. Wait, where'd he go? Jack I'm Jones, sorry. Jack Jones is the guy that I was thinking of. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I was thinking I was thinking of Christian uh Barmore, who just got put on um IR. So Oh, did he? Yeah. So. Yeah, so I think I think I think the Patriots defense can scheme can scheme out the pieces that uh Cardinals have going for them. Cardinals, it's weird. If you can frustrate Kyler, like Matthew Judon is going to be living in that backfield. Basically, if you can get, oh, that's true. I might, I ain't going to lie to you. I might change that, that pick. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm not trying to Sunday. convince you. <laughs> no, 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 it's not even that. It's not even that. I'm not going to lie to you. It's like, I feel like the Cardinals, they just need a win somewhere with the season they're having. And I just feel like it could be that game because the Patriots offense ain't all that great though, either. Yeah, that's true. Um, they have, they have, holes but um at qb cardinals yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah it all depends it kind of depends on how mac jones plays if they can True. take out uh who's their primary ball carrier ramondre stevenson or is yeah, it... yeah 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 ramondre so, stevenson yeah those are those are your two big threats um with that i think that's all of our 
I think that's all of our uh, picks for for the week. Uh, any last thoughts from you? Um, this is like this is like old news at this point, but I'm still kind of it's like a mix. It's like a bittersweet mix because um, NCAA the new NCAA game that's supposed to come from EA is delayed till 2024 and not next year. And I would love to see a new you know NCAA game I hope that they do what they need to do for that NCAA game but at the end of the day the reason what makes it bitter is because it's coming from EA and EA has been shitty with the Madden franchise because they have a damn monopoly over the Madden simulation games and I demand a lot more from each of their Madden games but they are the only ones that make the Madden games like I literally been having an urge for the past like month or so and I'm glad I haven't like gone out of my way to go and buy Madden yet but like just to get it and start a franchise and then just start building a team. I was actually considering doing a rebuild for like the Seahawks for a change. Cause now I don't have to worry about like a oh, quarterback or whatever like that. I can either stick with Gino for a year or two, or just depending on where we end up, we'll go straight after a quarterback. If it's there and the Madden generated rookies, they don't really have the, you know, actual people. So anywho, that's it. That's, the, that's my, that's been my gripe. But uh, well, how about yourself? <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, College football, you know, we had our, I think, last round of games last Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so the season's already, you know, the bowl game season is going to start ramping up here pretty soon. So Huskies play Longhorns in the Alamo Bowl. That'll be a big one up at the end of the month. I but, would watch that personally because, like, that's, it's weird because, like, I, I've, I've been, I've grown on the Huskies this season. You know, I won't say I was a, the true fan. I wasn't really a true fan of the Longhorns, but I've watched enough Longhorns or, like, know enough news to know the Longhorns, like, they talk big, but then they don't come up big in, like, big games. But this season has been a little bit different for them, especially with them being the SEC. Are they in the SEC this season? Or uh, they're still in the Big 12, right? I think they're still in the Big 12. I they're think about, they next year. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to move into the SEC. So they're going to get that talent that SEC pulls um, into it. But anywho, um, I'm going to actually – I'm actually excited for this game. I will not try to go to it. <laughs> I will just watch it on TV like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, yep. Yeah, all right, everyone. It's been a, it's been a good episode. We actually didn't go over two hours as of yet. That's pretty cool for a change. You know, uh, <laughs> we get to give some people back like 10 or so minutes of their time, but, um, you know, make sure you, whatever you're, you're listening to this, uh, podcast on, give us that good review. You mean, I, I would say, you know, be honest, but at the same time, put, put five stars on there or whatever platform you're listening on. But thank you for joining us. And then, of course, hey, subscribe to that Instagram and the Twitter. Both of those handles are at Missed Reps. And hope to see you again next week. Peace.